All right, so let me pray real quick and we'll jump in the sermon. Father, thank you so much for this time you've given to us. Thank you for giving us a church, Lord God, that cares more about each other than we do about the structure of everything and how everything has to go all the time and uh, everything has to be so polished. Uh, this is a family and sometimes things are difficult in families. People are suffering, people are struggling, and we need to, to, to focus our attention more on them than on ourselves and what we thought we could do or should do during this season. God, thank you for your Holy Spirit, that you are the God of this church, that you are the director of this church, that you tell us what to do. We don't fit into, you don't fit into our box, we fit into your kingdom. So I just pray, dear God, that you would continually move in this church and people's lives, that we would love each other, not just on Sunday mornings, but we would love each other and pray for each other throughout the week. And I pray, Lord, this morning, as we talk about this whole topic of love, Lord, that you would be glorified through it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I'm going to read him from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into this world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you do, did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I know it's a lot. That was a lot. Okay. A lot of theology in there, but all true. Sacrifices, that's not what God, God is looking for a, a sincere heart. God is looking, okay, for people who are, who truly want to worship Him in spirit and in truth and through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. So we're continuing our series this morning, um, which I absolutely love, Intentional Christmas. We have, seriously guys, we need to follow the calendar that Jen was talking about. So this isn't just like a Sunday morning kind of thing. It's an all week and get your family involved and do the things on that list. They're not difficult. Take the time to think it through and make Christmas intentional. We talked about, right, being the thunder last week. 
being God's thunder. Well, this is a way to do it. I was over. I go and I get I, I try to get drink uh, like uh, these buy drinks over here at the gas station. And one of the reasons I go over there all the time or I go to different places is so I can build relationships with people in those places. And I invited a couple of the, the workers over there to the Christmas program. That's one of the things I was able to do intentionally reaching out and saying, I'm the senior pastor here. I'm inviting you. And they know who I am. But I want to invite you personally to this this uh, Christmas program that we have. So let's be intentional. And, and as we go through this Advent season, um, what I what I want to do is I want to look at this morning, like I said, the power of love, this whole concept, of the power of love. What could change? What could change this year? What could change this year if we counted down Christmas with 25 days? All right. Think about it intentionally counted down Christmas with 25 days of love and joy and peace and hope. Well, I want to find out. I want to find out what that's going to look like at the end of 25 days. If we if we count those days down with intentionality, what could change in our lives? You know, it, it, it is the season for Christmas movies, right? All watching Christmas movies. You probably have a big stack of DVDs or whatever that you put in. You watch them all. Christmas, the Cranks, you know, the Grinch or whatever. You watch these Christmas movies. It, it's the season for Christmas movies. And in H1, they're talking about, a lot of the times they're talking about love, right? That's really the theme. They're talking about love. And they say things like, this is what love is all about. This is the true meaning of Christmas. And they get it right once in a while, but that's what they're saying. If you want to know the, the true meaning of Christmas and the greatest expression of love, just listen to Linus. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. <laughs> and there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Right. All the other Christmas movies and stuff can have fun. But that's what Christmas is all about. Charlie Brown. When we talk about love, I was kind of processing through and talking about love. What's a good way to kind of describe this? The principle of giving to me comes 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 to mind. This whole idea of giving. Right. We give Christmas is for especially in the United States. It's about giving. It's not a bad thing. But it's about giving. So I actually was, as I was processing through it, I've heard some of these before, and I thought there are really three, there are really three types of Christmas gift givers. Three types of Christmas gift givers. The first is what I call give one to get one giver, gift giver, right? 
<laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. The give one to get one giver. This person gives you a gift hoping, right, that you're going to give them one back, right? You're going to give one in, in return. So it, and it doesn't really matter to the person giving you the gift what they actually give you. It doesn't matter to them. They can pick something out of their closet. It could be a bag of rocks, for goodness sake, right? It could be one of those birds that go down and drink the water. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know where they found them. Remember that? You're right inside the road. You got it on your vacation. Oh, look at that bird. It's like, why do we do that on vacation? It could be a geopet. It could be a, a sea monkey. They don't care. They give you whatever they have. Hoping that they're going to get something in return. That's the intent of the giver. I'm giving you this, so I'll get something back. Their heart is not in choosing the right gift for you. The perfect gift for you. It's pretty much anything that they can give you. And I'll tell you, I thought about this. It works really, really well if the person you're giving to is richer than you, has more money than you, or better taste than you. Right? You give them a nappy sweater out of your closet or whatever else, and they give, and they give you something back. You're like, Booyah, you know, so it's, it's the idea of giving something to someone. I'll give something to you, but I kind of want something in return. I'm hoping you give me and I'm hoping you give me something better in return. The second kind of giver is what I like to call the, the, the ordinary giver. This type of person usually picks out something that's that's nice. OK, they, they, you would think that's they, they choose something that's nice as a, as a gift for you. What I was thinking is maybe it's like a uh, you have a nice coffee table and they notice that in your house. And so they give you they give you a book to put on your coffee table. Right. It's not it's not the it's not the blow you away type of gift. They're not giving you a gift that kind of just blows you away. But you know what? You appreciate the thought behind it. They give you that, you, and it was something nice, and so you appreciate the thought behind it. And they also, these folks, these folks definitely stay within budget, okay? They like you, but, you know, they're going to stay within budget. You know, they, they have a relationship with you, so they're gonna, but they're still going to stay within budget. The third type of giver, though, is the, I'll say, the passionate giver or the enthusiastic giver. I'm going to tell you something. When you get a present from one of these people, you know it. Okay, you know it. These are the kind of people are like, you know, they give you the gift and you open it up. You're like, oh, my goodness. And like, yeah, I had to, I clowned Mount Everest. I went to the top of Mount Everest to get you this flower to go along with the gift. Because I remember four years ago, we were watching the Discovery Channel and the, the documentary on Mount Everest. And you pointed out that you really liked the flower that was growing on the side of the mountain. So I clowned Mount Everest and I, I belayed down and got, I cut the flower. They actually arrested me because I'm not supposed to pick that rare flower. And I went to jail for four months. But it was worth it because here's your Christmas present. Have Merry Christmas. You know what I mean? They just, I mean, these people go all out for the gift. This, this, this giver is passionate. They passionately look for just the right gift for you. And they know somehow you're walking along the road and you peeked in the window and said, ah, that's cute. And you walked on by and they're like, mental note, that's cute. You know, they run back. They somehow know more than you do what you want or need. Right. You open up. You're like, how did you? That's amazing. You're like reading my mind here. They, they and, and, and when it comes, if they find if they find that right gift for you, honestly, 
budget is blown, okay? If they, if they find the right thing for you financially, they will blow the budget. They don't really care. They will get the gift that best fits you. They are will, they are willing to sacrifice whatever it takes for the other person. That enthusiastic, passionate giver is willing to sacrifice whatever it takes for the other person. The gift fits the need or the desire of the recipient. That is a passionate, enthusiastic giver. So now, what on earth does that have to do with Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 10? Let me kind of jump in here a little bit. The Old Testament sacrifices, okay, were the the system was designed. it, it, It did what it was designed to do at the time. So the Old Testament sacrificial system did what it was designed to do for that time. But it didn't really, honestly, it didn't, sur- it didn't really solve the problem. It didn't completely meet the people's needs was what was going on. But it didn't meet their needs. It was only, it was only a temporary fix for the problem of sin. Sin keeps us separated from God. God is holy, God is perfect, and he cannot be in the presence of sin. We are fallen people, but God wants a personal relationship. God wants to be in fellowship, in relationship, in friendship with all of us. But sin separates, so we have a big problem, and the sacrificial system wasn't really fixing the problem. The shed blood of animals is like a band-aid on a, on a disease in your body. It's just not, it's, it's not going to do the job. It had to, and it had to be repeated over and over and over and over. And the, the Bible says it's just a reminder to us of our sin. It just constantly reminded us of our sin and didn't really solve the problem. The reality is the sacrificial system is only was only a foreshadowing of what was to come. You say, why would the Old Testament, reading through the Old Testament, and they're sacrificing this, and they're, they're sacrificing a bull, they're sacrificing a goat. Why, why would they do all that? Why would God expect all that? This was, this was a foreshadowing leading up to what was ultimately to come. God in his amazing, amazing, love had a perfect plan had a perfect plan had a perfect gift he had a perfect gift john three sixteen says for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life a perfect gift god so loved the world that he gave he gave his one and only son I think we could say that God, the Father, God, God is a passionate, enthusiastic gift giver. Our God is a passionate, enthusiastic gift giver. He knew our, he knew our greatest need. And he didn't give the least that he could give. He didn't give the, the simple thing. He didn't give the least that he could give. He spared no expense. He gave it all. Jesus Christ, the Son, came to earth, okay, to give of himself the greatest gift that was ever given in the history of the universe, in the history of humanity. Jesus Christ came to earth and he gave of himself. He gave it all. He gave the perfect gift, the gift of eternal life. The gift of eternal life. 
God the Father gave His Son, Jesus the Son, came to earth, born as a baby. Why? So that He could be the perfect sacrifice. No longer, it's useless slaughtering uh, you know, uh, bulls and goats and doves and all that kind of stuff. It was, a just a, it was a foreshadowing what was to come, the Lamb of God. That's why the Bible says the Lamb of God, you sing songs, it takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God, they would sacrifice lambs, and they would sacrifice goats, and they would sacrifice rams, they would sacrifice all these things. But the Lamb of God was a once and for all sacrifice that took away the sin of the world. That's why it's called the gospel, the good news. The good news that Jesus has done that for us. See, here's the thing. When it came to giving, no price was too high because his love was so great. It was so deep. No price was too high to pay. God loved us that much. Jesus loves us that much. That he would pay that ultimate price. No price was too high because he, his love was that deep, was that great. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 tells us this. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy the power of death. That is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. This gift is free. This gift is free. You cannot earn it. It's not something that we can earn. We just need to accept it. You can understand these concepts right around Christmas, especially giving and receiving of gifts, right? This gift is not, you don't earn it. Most. You're at Christmas. You're, people, when you, you're sitting around and you're giving gifts to people at Christmas, not because you earn those gifts. It's a gift. This was the ultimate gift. This was the, and here's the thing. All right. Here's the thing. We give gifts to people that we're close to. All right. We have God gave his gift to the world. For God so loved the world. Every single human being ever born received this ultimate gift, this ultimate gift of love, because he loves every single one of us the same way. But we don't earn it. It's not something we earn. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. Okay? It is a gift of God. It, not by works that no one can boast. It is God's grace. It is by God's grace that we have been saved through faith. This is not from ourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. You know... I, I, I sometimes forget that there are people sitting here this morning that still are holding on to the concept, the theological concept, that they can work their way to God. You're sitting here waiting. You're saying, I will accept Christ when I feel like I'm good enough, when I feel like I have relatives like that. It took some of my relatives like nine years to accept Christ. They, they just wanted to be a little bit better before they actually. The, and I said, you're missing the whole point. You ask Christ to come into your life and he, the Holy Spirit, helps you become more like Jesus Christ. You don't try to, you can't earn your way there. So let me say that again. You will never work or earn your way to God the Father because you are imperfect and he is holy and perfect. And that's why Christ had to come, die on a cross, and his blood literally, if you will, covers us. So when God sees Jeff, he no longer sees Jeff, he sees Jesus Christ covering him. I am perfect. I am 
perfect in standing with God the Father. That's why I can pray for every one of you. You think, well, yeah, big deal. You're praying for us. No, I can enter into the presence of God, the Holy of Holies, and pray to God the Father. It couldn't be done before Christ. They would literally, they would tie a rope to the priest who go into the Holy of Holies with a bell on his, and he'd go jingle, 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 jingle. And if he wasn't all, he didn't go through the sacrifice and didn't do it all perfectly. It was jingle, 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 thud. No one was going in to get him. They dragged him out by the rope. We can enter into the presence of God because of what Jesus Christ has done for every single one of us. We are under the blood of the covenant of Jesus Christ. You would think, you would think that accepting a gift would be easy. But for a lot of people, it's, it's not. Just, I tell you, just like people at Christmas... We don't always value the gifts that we've been given. We don't, we, don't always, we don't always value the gifts that we've been given, especially when you're younger, right? But even when you're older, we don't value the gifts that we've been given. We often, we often like toss them aside as soon as Christmas, a couple days after Christmas. So people have given us things. We just kind of toss them aside or we re-gift them because we think, I don't need this. Someone else can have it. You know, let me, let me give you, I was processing through this, and, and yesterday, actually, this came to me, and I was thinking about gifts that are meaningful. People just, you know, ah, eh, no big deal, I've got this, I'm good, I'm good enough, I'm fine. If, if you're younger, okay, and you're at Christmas, and your grandmother is still alive, or your grandfather, and, and your grandmother knits you a quilt, okay, for Christmas, or gives you a sweater, it's Classy as mine. Where's David? <laughs> a quality sweater like this one, okay? And gives you a sweater, right? And, you, and you, there's that, there's that. And then you get the new Nintendo 90,000, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? I have no idea. I don't play games. But, um, but it, it, it's, it's this video game. Everybody wants it, right? So you get that and you get the sweater or you get a quilt or something from your grandmother. Right? Here's the thing. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, sweater. You throw it aside or a quilt. Yeah, I'll, you know, that'll keep me warm at some point. Here, here's the reality. Here's the reality. Um, grandma's sweater, as you get more mature spiritually, as you get more emotionally mature, as you start to realize what's really important in life, um, when you're 40, 50 years old, you will cherish that quilt. And you won't even remember the game. You won't even remember the game because in the end, let me tell you something. Here's a fact. In the end, it's always about relationship. I have a quote from my grandmother. Okay. I cherish it. My dad passed last year. I have things from him. I cherish them. Because it's all, when someone gives you a gift right now, you're like, oh, whatever, you know, grandma's cool. When grandma gives you something, when you're 50, 60, 70 years old, that is what you're, when you lay your head on your pillow at night and that's, that comforter is on you and that quilt is on you, I'm going to tell you something. That's what, will keep, that's what comforts your heart. That's what you, you're going to remember, especially, especially as you grow in maturity, emotional maturity and spiritual maturity. You're going to realize that. I, I need to, we need to kind of ask ourselves, what about God's gift? Think about this. I mean, honestly, in your own heart. Think about what I'm going to ask you. Do, do you celebrate Christmas while rejecting the very reason for the celebration? Do you celebrate Christmas 
while rejecting the very reason for the celebration. God gave of himself so that you, so that Jeff Greer could have a friendship with God the Father. But what's our response in this culture of so many times? What's our response in the church sometimes? Oh, that's good, but not, that's good for other people, but not for me. Oh, I got plenty of time to think about that. I got plenty of time to think about that. I'll, I'll think about this some other time. And, or my favorites, I'm not so bad. I don't really need this gift. I'm not such a bad, I'm not such a bad person, you know. So and so across over there, he's way worse than I am for on a scale of whatever. Here's the thing, whenever you think that way, don't put, don't put so and so on the scale. Put Jesus Christ on the scale and then yourself and see how you turn out. And then you'll want this to cover this. It's all about relationship. That's what Jesus Christ has done for us. He's given us that relationship. One one of the things that really frightens me for folks is so many people choose to ignore or reject God's gift because they don't want to give up their life choices. That's why they do it. People give you all kinds of, oh, you know, this holy, they give you all kinds of excuses why they don't believe in God. What it really comes down to, I'm going to be blunt here. What it really comes down to, I want to sleep with who I want to sleep with. I want to do, get wasted when I want to get wasted. I want to go where I want to go and do what I want to do. And I don't want some God telling me otherwise. There's not, there's no, there's no deep intellectual arguments that go on most of the time. It's just that I don't want, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to hear it because I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to do what God tells me to do. As, as you spiritually mature, you got to ask yourself, are you choosing the video game over the quilt? As you, right now where you are spiritually, ask yourself, at the end, it, all, that, all that's going to matter at the end and in eternity is relationship, okay? Who you have relationship with. So are you choosing right now the video game? And I'm not, nothing wrong with play video games, you know, as long as they're appropriate. You can play whatever video games you want. But are you choosing the, the pleasure, the video game, or are you choosing the quilt? Are you choosing relationship? As you grow emotionally and mature spiritually, you're going to choose the right one. Second Thessalonians says it bluntly in 2.10. It says they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. People perish because they refuse. They refuse to love the truth and so be saved. We either treasure, we either treasure the gift of eternal life or we toss it thinking it has little or no value. I'm trying to be as simple as I can here. We either treasure this gift God gave us. Let me tell you something. God is real. Okay. God, I know it for a fact. There is a God. He, God is real. So, and Jesus Christ did come to earth. He's an historical figure who died. I can argue this and defend this, okay, so easily. He was there, he died on a cross, and he rose from the dead, right? So, Jesus Christ is real. God the Father is real. That's what, these are, these are just, these are re, these are realities. So what do you, you have to ask yourself? You're either going to treasure this gift that God has given to us, or you're going to toss it thinking it has little or no value in your life. I remember one Christmas, we were, it was, I was pretty young. It was maybe not 10, 11, 12 years old, around that age. And we had Christmas, and you, we're all pretty much the same. You get a Christmas tree, and you can't get near the Christmas tree, right? There's so many gifts. 
It's cool. And the kids, especially when you have younger kids and everybody's open and the paper's flying everywhere. There's always one or two people, one person in the room who's more concerned about the trash on the ground and everything than they are about the gifts, right? They're getting it. You get the fire going. You're shoving it in the fireplace and trying to get it, keep it clean so you keep it organized. The people, people who are really organized and kind of like that, Christmas drives them like they're having a, just can we, let's, can we stop for five minutes and just clean up a little bit so we put the presents back in order? And so, so you know, and don't poke the person next to you. So, so I, we have one of those people in our family and she was cleaning up and after it was all, everything was open, she was cleaning up the paper in the boxes and she was putting everything away and shove it away and she ended up throwing out some very expensive gold coins. And she threw it out because she didn't recognize, she didn't realize what she was throwing away. She didn't realize the gift that she was throwing away. We often... We often do not realize the gifts that we are throwing away until it's too late. There was a guy in California, and he gave away a first edition Apple computer, all right, to this, to this recycling center because he said it looked more like a typewriter. So he gave it away. Only problem for him is it was, <laughs> it was worth a fortune. It was eventually auctioned off for $200,000. He thought it was like, ah, type, it looks like a typewriter. Get rid of that thing. Uh, James Howells of the UK is a very unhappy man right now. And some of you will really recognize and, and resonate with this. And others may not as much. But if you don't understand what Bitcoin is. But James Howell of the UK, he is very unhappy because he threw away... An old hard drive. You know, we've got computers. So he just threw away his old hard drive until he realized it contained four million pounds of Bitcoin. Okay, four million dollars basically or more of Bitcoin. And he was never able to go to, he tried to go to the dump. He tried to go to this Newport landfill site and retrieve the hard drive. So he was never able to retrieve the hard drive. And then because the currency is basically locked by a privacy key, all the money is lost forever. Threw away. He threw it away, tossed it away. Not realizing at the time what he was tossing away. Tossing away a gift. <laughs> tossing away a gift can be very costly. And it can, when, it, when, we're, when, we're, when we're talking about the case of God's gift of Jesus Christ, it's not only costly in this life because it is. It's costly for eternity. Tossing away a gift, the gift that God has given you, the sacrifice that Christ has made, okay, is not only costly in this life, it's costly for eternity. God the Father gave the greatest gift, the greatest gift that he could possibly give to make sure that, to make sure that, like the Bitcoin, none of us would ever be lost forever. He gave us the greatest gift that he could give to make sure that none of us, none of us will be lost forever. I want you honestly, please, it's hard to know how to do this. You've been sitting in church for years sometimes, kind of going through the motions and everything. And I want you to hear some of this, maybe for the very first time. Try to recalibrate your mind and hear what I'm saying based upon all we've been talking about. The gospel is really simple. I'm a sinner and I'm separated from God. In Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. Death. Eternal death. Separation from God. But God loved you, and He loved me, 
so much that he was willing to give the ultimate gift. He was willing to give his son, Jesus Christ. And again, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. By grace through faith that you have been saved. This is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. The only way to get into a relationship, to spend eternity with God, is through Christ. It's as simple and as truthful as that. You don't, you don't, you can't earn it. It is a gift. It's a gift. In Romans 10.9, it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. It's as simple as that. You don't have to do anything except hold your hand out and receive the gift. Thank you. I didn't do anything. When I gave my life to Christ, I didn't do anything except say, Thank you. It's as simple as thank you, and then as difficult, if you will, as now, to the best of your ability, trying to live the rest of your life to become more like Christ. But that's all right, because you have the Holy Spirit inside you, helping you. You have the Word of God showing you. You have the power of the resurrection prompting you and giving you the strength to do it. But first, you need to receive that gift. The gift of love has been offered. It has been. It's, 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 it, the gift of love has been offered. The only choice left is to receive it. Honestly, think about this. The only choice you have left this morning is to receive it or to throw it away. Because you don't think it has any value. I want you to bow your heads with me as we close. If it's your desire this morning to receive God's love, because that's what Christmas is all about. Linus is right. The love of God who gave his son, Jesus, a baby born in the manger, would one day grow up, die on a cross for us. If you have a desire to... to to want to be in friendship with God, in fellowship with God, in relationship with God, then I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. You don't have to pray it out loud. Just I'm going to say it. Just pray it behind me. There's nothing special in the words. It's really about your heart and your desire. Just pray with me. Father, I'm tired of trying to live my life on my own. I want to receive the gift that you're offering me this morning. I want Christ, I want Jesus Christ to come into my life. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And this morning, maybe for the first time, Lord, this morning, I'm tired of playing around. I want him to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Father, I pray that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. Show me my gifts. Show me my purpose. And God, help me 
to love you with all of my heart and all of my soul and all of my mind and all of my strength and help me to love my neighbor as myself. I love you, God. I need you. And I thank you for the sacrifice that you made through your son, Jesus Christ. I pray this in his precious name. Amen. And if you just keep your heads bowed, if you prayed that prayer this morning, I have a a special gift that I want to give you to help you along on your journey. If you prayed that prayer this morning, if you just, just raise your hand up very quickly, just put it up and put it back down. Amen, 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 amen. Oh, man, that's good. That's awesome. We have a gift for you. I'm so excited so many of you prayed that prayer this morning. What a Christmas this is going to be. This is going to be an intentional Christmas. And now you're going to start being God's thunder. You're going to start being God's thunder. He's going to make changes in your life that you never thought possible. And heaven is rejoicing and so is this church. And if you would, there are some people... Um, for those of you who gave your lives to Christ, as we continue to play here and close out this service, to my left as I'm up here, we have some people who are going to be here to pray for anyone who needs prayer. But also Pastor David is up here to my left and, and David has some, a book that, that we want to give you. So if you gave your life to Christ this morning, I want you to get that book and just connect with Pastor David. But if you need prayer this morning, and I know so many of you do, we have prayer warriors up here that want to pray with you. And we want to do this every single Sunday. They're going to be up here to pray with you, okay? So let's just bow our heads one more time here and thank God. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. And thank you that so many people, Lord, this morning want to live an intentional Christmas in relationship with you. Show them your power, Lord God. Show them your strength. Show them who you are in very practical ways in their lives. And we'll pray all these things and give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' awesome, majestic, holy name. Amen.